Somebody call the name of Jesus. Somebody call the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, whoa, whoa, Korobo Shatayalabaha. There's power in the name of Jesus, whoa, power in the name. I just wish I had about 200 believers this morning. There is power in the name of Jesus. Power in the name. Somebody else ought to lift your voice and declare. There is healing in the name of Jesus. Woo! Healing in the name. Come on. There is healing in the name of Jesus. Healing. What do you need from him this morning? Come on now. There's deliverance in the name of Jesus. Deliverance in the name. Whoa. whoa. Ooh, let's clap our hands one more time and give God praise. Glory to the name of Jesus. Grab your Bibles if you would this morning and stand. Stand to your feet with me. Going to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 20. 2 Chronicles, chapter 20. Amen. It is our custom to stand for the reading of the word of the Lord in this house. If we ask that if you are not incapacitated, that you would honor the word of the Lord by standing with us this morning. As we read the word of the Lord. After, after this, you're going to see people standing up all over the place. That's just because they're excited about the word of the Lord. Amen. But we, it is our custom to honor the entrance of God's word into this house. While you're going to the book of Second Chronicles, let me uh, add my voice in saying what an absolute honor it is to have all of our guests in the house of the Lord with us. Would you help me one more time, Rock Church? Come on, I need, I need you to lend me your hands, your hand clap, your voice, and help me welcome all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord today. We are so honored that you chose to come and worship with us. And if you are a first-time guest here today, you should have received a small VIP card when you walked in the door. And if you're a first-time guest here and you did not receive one, if you would just lift your hands, we'll run one to you really quickly. I want to make sure that everybody's got one. Amen. If you've got that VIP card, we invite you immediately when the service is dismissed. If you'll go out into the lobby, you're going to see a red carpet. There's going to be somebody there at that red carpet that will escort you into our VIP reception room. And we've got some uh, small refreshments prepared for you. I've got a small gift that I'd love to give you just as a token uh, from this church to you, uh, thanking you for coming to worship with us today. And of course, my wife and I and some of the leaders of this church would love to get a chance just to say hello and get to know you a little bit. So join us after the service, if you will. Book of Second Chronicles, chapter 20. 
One more announcement. This upcoming Saturday, the 6th, tell your neighbor the 6th, at 1 p.m., we will be celebrating our RCA graduates and our RCA ceremony. Rock Christian Academy will be graduating three seniors this year. Amen. We're excited about that. And we are also, uh, due to the unique nature of the school year this year, we have, I think, four or five other seniors uh, that are part of this church who are going to be joining RCA on Saturday to celebrate their accomplishments. And so we, we invite you, it would be so special to them to have your support here this upcoming Saturday at 1 o'clock. How many of you believe in our young people? Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 20 is where I want to invite you to read the word of the Lord with me. I confess to you this morning that I do not have a sermon. I do not have a prepared lesson. Last night as I spent time with the Lord in preparation for the service today, I felt God's hand come upon me in a powerful way. As I began to ask the Lord to help me say something today that would make a difference. In this unique time, in this unique moment, so many families facing different things I, 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 I'm transparent before you today to let you know that I don't have all of the smarts and the understanding that I have all of the answers. I don't pretend to have all of the answers. And I said, Lord, I, 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 need, I need something for the people. And I feel like God opened the word of the Lord in my heart and in my mind to Second Chronicles chapter number 20. And I do not have a sermon for you this morning, but I have a word from the Lord for somebody in this house. I have a word from the Lord for somebody who's watching online today. God wants to speak to you. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse number 1 says... It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. There came some that told Jehoshaphat saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria. And behold, they be in Hazanon Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. You just skip down to verse number 12. You will find the conclusion 
of Jehoshaphat's prayer. He says, Oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Listen, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And for a few moments this morning, I simply want to preach about questions with no answers. Questions with no answers. One more time, would you put your Bibles down and clap your hands unto the Lord of this sanctuary? Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. We thank you for the privilege of being in your house today. Speak to us, mighty God. We need you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. One of the interesting dichotomies of the human experience is that if you live life long enough, you will come to crossroads and moments in time when you face certain situations and you have questions with no answers. The human curiosity is geared to resolve problems. The human mind and psyche is geared to find comfort and solace and even security in having answers to questions. If we can figure something out, somehow it helps us to contextualize it and we can put it in some sort of box and have a frame of reference in which we can, we can deal with it. Even if it's something that, that is daunting, even if it's something that poses a problem or a challenge, just the idea of being able to define something and to be able to solve the equation gives us a level of, of, of solace in our existence. But when you have unresolved questions, when you have situations that you cannot find an answer for, we have a tendency that unanswered questions can bring a level of anxiety to our life. When I can't figure out the answer, when I don't know what the strategy is, when I, when I can't figure out what I am supposed to do, it leaves us with a feeling of vulnerability. Am I preaching to anybody that knows what I'm talking about today? It leaves us with a feeling of, of helplessness, and helplessness will often lead to hopelessness. When you find somebody who is hopeless, it is usually because they are dealing with some level, at least, of perceived helplessness. I've got a problem that I don't have a solution for. I've got a question that I don't have an answer for. There, there are some things. 
things that if you live life long enough, you're going to scratch your head and say it doesn't make sense. If you live life long enough, you're going to come to some moments where you're going to scratch your head and say, I don't understand it. I don't understand how this could happen. I don't understand why that would happen. I don't understand. Is there anybody beside me that has ever asked those questions before? Why me, God? Why this situation? I I thought this uh, or I thought that, uh, but I find myself uh, in a situation uh, where I don't have any answers. Uh, I can't find it in a textbook. Uh, I can't find the right answer uh, from my best friend. Uh, My mom and dad don't have the right words uh, for me, and I just just don't know uh, what I am supposed to do. When you find yourself uh, in the those moments uh, we open ourselves to feelings uh, of anxiety uh, and feelings of fear uh, feelings of depression uh, can begin to get a hold of us uh, when we don't have answers uh, to some of the questions in life the fact of the matter is that when we take our last breath there are going to be some things that we don't have the answer to. There's an old song we used to sing that would say, we'll understand it better by and by. We'll understand it better by when we can get a heavenly perspective. There's some things that as long as we're living on this earth, uh, we'll never understand it. We'll never see it. Uh, we'll never have the perspective uh, that we want. And when you begin to read uh, this story in, in Second Chronicles chapter number 20, you will find King Jehoshaphat as he is sitting there one day. They come before him uh, and they begin to proclaim to him uh, that the children of Moab... Uh, And the children of Ammon, the Ammonites, uh, have come together. They have joined forces and uh, they have launched an attack. Uh, uh, King Jehoshaphat, they uh, are coming after us. Uh, As a matter of fact, if you look out in the fields right now, you will see their great armies uh, which outnumber us. They have come uh, against us. Uh, And when King Jehoshaphat looks uh, and he sees what's happening, Uh, The Bible tells us uh, that he became uh, afraid, uh, that he began to fear. Uh, Why did he fear? Uh, It wasn't because he had a battle plan. It wasn't because he had a solution. It wasn't because he knew uh, that he had an idea of how uh, he could defeat the enemy. Uh, What caused him to be afraid uh, was the fact that he did not have uh, an answer uh, to his solution. Uh, I came to preach to somebody this morning uh, that's in the middle of a situation uh, and you don't have the answers. Uh, You don't know what to do. uh, And it's left you feeling afraid. Um, It's left you feeling hopeless. Uh, 
It's left you wondering about the future and wondering about tomorrow and what's next month going to look like and what's next year going to look like. And it has spawned a whole series of concern in your life. Jehoshaphat became afraid because he did not have any answers. But can I tell you that there is an answer within the unanswered questions of Jehoshaphat because the Bible said that Judah gathered themselves together and they began to ask help of the Lord. I came to tell somebody that the book of Matthew chapter number 7 and verse number 7 said, ask and ye shall receive. I came to preach to somebody that while we don't have the answer and we don't know what tomorrow holds, we serve a God that is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and he is the ending. He is the first and he is the last. That which was and is and is to come. He knows the end of your days from the beginning and you may not have the answers but you serve a God that sits high and he looks low. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent and he knows exactly where you are. Begin to seek after God. And you can read the entire prayer when you get home. But Jehoshaphat begins to speak with God. And he begins to essentially pray and say, God, I don't understand this. You're a God. You're the God of our fathers. Are not thou God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdom of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? You ever prayed those kind of prayers to God and said, Lord, I know you're a healer. God, I've seen you heal other people. Come on, somebody. God, I know you're a provider. I've seen you bless other Aren't you the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills? Aren't you the same God that by your stripes we are healed? He begins to declare the power of God. Art thou not our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before? For thy people Israel, and you gave it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever. He's saying, God, isn't it you that gave us this land, that blessed us? Isn't it you that put this in our hand? He said, if when evil cometh upon us, 
as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine. We stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house. And we cry unto thee in our affliction. Then thou wilt hear us and help God whenever I need something. I've always come to your house. I've always been able to pray. I've always asked you. God, I've always trusted in you. I've always depended on you. Is there anybody that knows what I'm preaching about today? God, I come to your house when I have questions, when I have needs. But his dilemma in verse 10, he says, and now, behold, look, God, ain't that something? When we pray to God, look, God, as if he ain't paying attention. Look, look God, ain't you? Do you even see what I'm going through, God? Hello, God, over here. It's the human dichotomy because we can't understand it. We think our God can't understand it. Because it's too big for us, we question whether or not it's too big for a God. Behold, look over here, God. Don't you see that the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned them from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of of thy possession which thou given us uh, to inherit. Uh, he said, Lord, uh, when, they, when you gave us this land, uh, he said, you didn't let us invade them. Uh, you let them escape the land. Uh, you, you, you protected them. Uh, you let them get out with any harm. Uh, and here's how they return the favor. Here's how they return the favor. Now they come back to try to cast us uh, out of the land uh, that you gave us. And in verse number 12, he said, Oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. There is a point in time where he realizes, I don't have the solution. I don't have the resources. I don't have the might. I wonder if there's anybody in the building that knows what I'm talking about. To be in front of some things that you don't have the power to change. That you don't have the ability. If I could... I would. If I could make it better, I would. If I could turn it around, I would. But here I am in front of something that I don't have the power to fix, that I don't have the mindset to understand, that I don't have the resources to tell. I wonder if there's anybody in the building that knows what I'm talking about. I'm in front of a mountain that seems like it will not move. And neither know we what to do. I have no answers for my questions. I'm preaching this morning to some people. You may have not even vocalized it, but in the last few days, 
You've said, Lord, I don't know what to do. Come on, I'm preaching to you this morning. Uh, in the last few days, uh, you've laid your head on the pillow uh, and said, God, uh, I don't know what else to do. Uh, God, I don't have the strength. I, I don't have the answer. I, I don't know. Uh, what. Who am I preaching to this morning? Uh, I don't know uh, what to do, God. Uh, I know you're a great big God. Uh, I know you're powerful. Uh, I know you can deliver. Uh, I know I know you can heal. I know you can bless. But Lord, here I am in the midst of my situation. And I don't know what to do anymore. I'm preaching to somebody that's got some unanswered questions this morning. I don't see how. I don't know a way. Can I tell you that the key to Jehoshaphat's success, he had a caveat. He said, I don't know what to do. But our eyes are upon thee. Whoa! I came to preach to somebody in this building today that when you have questions with no answers, the key is your focus. The key is where you keep your eyes. The key is what you're looking for. My God, I came to preach to somebody. Uh, Jehoshaphat said, God, uh, I know the enemy's surrounding me, uh, but my eyes uh, are not on my trouble. Uh, my eyes uh, are on you. God, I know there's circumstances uh, that I can't fix, uh, but I refuse uh, to focus on the trouble. Uh, I'm going to put my eyes uh, on you. I came to preach to somebody right now uh, that you need to get your eyes uh, on your God uh, in the midst of no answers, uh, in the midst of sickness, uh, in the midst of confusion, uh, in the midst of pain. Uh, you've got to keep your eyes on God. Our eyes are upon you. My eyes aren't on the White House. My eyes are not fixed on the governor's mansion. My eyes are not fixed on the health care system. that can't figure out from day to day uh, what's real uh, and what's not uh, and what's truth. Come on, somebody uh, that cannot figure. They don't have uh, the answers, God. Uh, they don't even know uh, what to do. But one thing uh, I declare this morning, God, uh, is that my eyes uh, are on you. Uh, I'm not going to get my eyes uh, on all of my trouble. Uh, I'm preaching to a Peter this morning uh, that's walking in the midst of a storm. Can I tell you that as long as you keep your eyes on Jesus, you can walk over storms. You can do things that have no explanation. I should have sunk already. I should have drowned already. But my eyes are on you, God. I shouldn't have been able to make it this far. But my eyes are on you. I came to preach to somebody in this building. 
take your unanswered questions and get your eyes back on God today. Lift up your head and look unto the hills from whence cometh your help. Quit going to the mailbox looking for your answer and get on your knees and start asking God. Ah, come on, somebody. Our eyes are upon you. I came to declare to somebody uh, that where you keep your eyes will determine your victory. That where you keep your focus uh, will determine you able to get through uh, your storm. Uh, that where you focus your eyes and your attention uh, will dictate uh, your survival rate uh, in whatever it is uh, that you're going through. Peter didn't start sinking until he got his eyes off of Jesus. As long as he kept his attention on God, the storm was inconsequential. There's no metaphysical answer to walking on water. Somebody said he knew where all the rocks were at. That's like the person who said, yeah, the only reason the children of Israel came across the Red Sea is because the Red Sea was only eight inches of water. Well, there's another way to look at that. If it was only eight inches of water, then how did he drown a whole army in eight inches of water? There's a miracle there too. I'm just telling somebody, uh, the answer uh, isn't in the answer. Uh, the answer uh, is in your God. Uh, you got to get to the place uh, where you say, God, uh, I don't have to have the answer uh, as long as I've got you. God, I don't have to have it figured out uh, as long uh, as I have you. Uh, as long as I've got you, God, uh, I can keep moving forward. Uh, as long as I've got you, uh, I can handle the storm. Uh, as long as I've got you, uh, I can walk through the sickness. Uh, as long as I've got you, uh, I can make it. Uh, come on, I'm preaching to somebody. Get your eyes on God. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There's something, hear me, there's a miracle that begins to shift in the atmosphere when you get your eyes off of the storm and you get your eyes on God. All of a the sudden, there's a redemptive lift and you're able to walk places you couldn't walk before. You're able to stand in a way you could never stand before. You're able to do what you can't even explain. How? How you're doing, how you're making it through this. I got my eyes on God. How are you surviving this? I've got my eyes on God. I don't have the answer to the storm, but I've got my eyes on God.
part of living for God is coming to the conclusion that there's just going to be some things you're never going to have an answer for. Faith is authenticated in the absence of answers. Faith isn't authenticated in the daylight when you can see everything. Faith is authenticated in the darkness when you have to trust him. God, this doesn't seem right. You got to trust me. God, this doesn't look right. You've got to trust me. God, I don't understand this. That's okay. Just trust me. God, I don't know where that's all right. Just trust me. Listen, I'm preaching a word to somebody in this building. Uh, don't you dare uh, let everything surrounding you uh, captivate your attention uh, and your thoughts uh, and your mind uh, and your speech. Uh, get your eyes uh, back on your God. Uh, do you have questions? Absolutely. Uh, but God's not afraid of your questions. Uh, do you got circumstances? Uh, absolutely. Uh, but God's not afraid uh, of your circumstances. Uh, put them in the hand of God. Uh, and get your eyes back on him. And I'll tell you what he did. He didn't just get his eyes on God. Verse 13 says, And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. I tell you what he did. He made a stand and they grabbed their family by the hand and said, Family, I tell you what we're going to do in the midst of all this confusion. We're going to stand before our God together. I came to preach to somebody uh, that the best thing you can do right now uh, is get your family in your hand uh, and march up to an altar uh, and stand in the house of the Lord uh, and declare, Lord, uh, our eyes are on you uh, and we're standing before you uh, in your house. Uh, come on, who am I preaching to this morning? Grabbed their families, grabbed their children. I'm gonna preach a moment because to some parents, because your babies are learning life lessons watching how you respond to adversity. I said, your children are learning life lessons when they watch how you respond to struggle, when they watch how you respond to being done wrong. When they watch you respond uh, to injustice uh, in your life, uh, there is a transfer uh, as those little eyes are looking at you. Uh, what do we do, mommy? Uh, what do we do, daddy? Uh, God help us uh, that they see us uh, in these times. Uh, lift up our head uh, and say, baby, uh, get your eyes off of people uh, and get your eye on God. Uh, get your eye uh, off of the struggle uh, and get your eye uh, weeping. Uh, endure for a night, uh, but baby joy, uh, 
cometh in the morning. Uh, come on, I'm preaching to some families. Uh, this is a critical moment uh, in your family. Uh, your babies uh, are watching your response. Uh, your children uh, are taking notes. Uh, your babies are learning from you uh, in this season of life. Uh, it's time for you to teach them uh, that when we don't have answers uh, to our question, uh, we lift our eyes uh, unto God uh, and we stand before him. The Bible says that when he made that declaration, when he concluded his prayer by saying, God, we don't know what to do. But our eyes are on you. And grabbed their babies and stood in the presence of the Lord. Listen, in that moment, the voice of God was activated. And the Bible said that the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, came upon Jehaziel, who was one of the Levites. The word of the Lord began to move upon him. And in verse 15, he said, Hearken ye all Judah and all ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou king Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor be dismayed by reason of this great multitude. The first word from God to this people was do not be afraid. And I came to preach a word to somebody in this building right now. Do not be afraid. But pastor, did you see the army? Do not be afraid. But pastor, do you know the circumstance? Do not be afraid. Don't you be afraid. You can't receive this word if you got your eye on the trouble. You got to get your eyes back on God. Listen to the voice of the Lord today. Do not be afraid. Somebody's receiving that right now uh, in the Holy Ghost. Uh, that's the answer. That's the first answer uh, to your unanswered question. Uh, do uh, not uh, be uh, dismayed. Uh, why? Because everything else God wants to say uh, is contingent uh, on you listening to the first thing he has to say. Uh, do uh, not be uh, afraid uh, and don't be uh, dismayed. God commands us to divorce fear from our circumstances. I don't have to be afraid. 
I said, I don't have to be uh, afraid. I know the world and society is trying to propagate fear, uh, but I refuse uh, to open myself uh, to fear. Uh, I refuse uh, to open myself uh, to be uh, not uh, afraid uh, and be uh, not uh, dismayed. Don't be afraid and don't be dismayed by reason of this great multitude. Don't let this scare you is what he was telling them. I said I came with the word for somebody. Uh, don't let this scare you. Come on, whatever you're going through right now, uh, don't let this uh, scare you. I'm preaching to somebody. Whatever you're in the middle of, uh, let me get right here. Put it on this camera. Uh, let me get right here uh, to somebody online. Uh, whatever you're going through, uh, don't let it bring fear to you. Uh, don't let it cause you to tremble. Uh, don't get your eyes uh, off of the statistics. Uh, get your eyes uh, off of the report uh, and believe the report uh, of the Lord. Uh, do uh, not be afraid. You have to denounce fear before you can embrace faith. Faith and fear cannot coexist. You cannot walk in the miraculous while you embrace fear. You can't come on. I know you're struggling. You got to tell God, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Lord, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. you be afraid. And then he tells them why. Listen, for the battle is not yours, but God's. That's a game changer right there. I just need a few Bible students in the building that'll grab a hold of that word right there. God said, let me take the pressure off of you. That battle doesn't belong to you. That battle belongs to me. In other words, get out of the way. I'm going to do the fighting here. Get out of the way. Oh, this is my fight. Oh, this is my battle. When you get your eyes on me, I'll take care of your enemies. I'll take care of what's coming against you. I'll take care. I came to preach to somebody. The battle is not yours. The battle belongs to God. <laughs> Woo. Somebody right now uh, ought to just put your sword down uh, and throw your hands in the air uh, and say, God's got this. Uh, God's got this. Come on. Uh, God's got this. Uh, if you know your God's never been defeated, uh, you got a reason to rejoice right now. If you know your God uh, has never lost a battle, uh, you've got a reason to praise him. Uh, if you know your God uh, is greater than your enemy. Uh, you've got a reason uh, to give him praise. Yeah. 
My God, I'm telling somebody the battle's not yours. Uh, the battle belongs to God. Somebody needs to let that get in your spirit right now. You see what's happening right now? You feel that? Uh, somebody's getting their eyes back on God. Uh, and the moment you do, uh, there's a there's a supernatural presence uh, that stands with you. Uh, there's something that begins to lift you up uh, out of the waves of the storm you're in. Uh, there's something that begins a redemptive lift uh, that begins to pick you up uh, out of the darkness. Uh, there's a power that begins uh, to lift you up uh, out of the depression. Uh, Go ahead, there's a Holy Ghost moment right here. There's a Holy Ghost moment happening. Right here. I know there's other people in the boat, Peter, that are telling you you're crazy. Just stay in the boat of safety. I know there's 11 other disciples telling you you're nuts. What are you doing out there? But you need to get your eyes off of them. Quit listening to their voice and get your eyes on the God of the miraculous. Get your eyes. Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you today. Listen. Listen. Keep on praying, but I want you to listen. This next verse can be a little puzzling because God just told them that the battle is not yours, but the battle belongs to God. And then in the very next verse, he gives them instruction. And he says, tomorrow, go ye down against them. Well, hold on a second, God. I thought you just told me that the battle wasn't mine, that the battle belonged to you. And now you're telling me to go down against them. Not only does he say go down against them, he drops a pin in their GPS. Let me tell you exactly where you're going to find them. Let me tell you exactly how to find the trouble. I'm not going to tell you how to go around it. I'm not going to tell you how to avoid it. I'm not going to give you any shot. I'm going to take you right to the trouble. I'm talking about questions with no answers. 
you just said the battle isn't mine, that the battle is yours, and now you're telling me to go down to where the, God, I got some questions, and I need some answers. Go down against them. Behold, they're going to come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook, but right before the wilderness of Jurel. And then he brings a revelation of them in verse 17. He says, ye shall not need to fight in this battle. In other words, God said, you don't have to fight the battle, but I want you to show up to the battle. I'm going to fight the battle, but when I take them down, I want them to be looking in your face as they go down. I want the enemy, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. The last thing I want the enemy to see is your face when I destroy them so they'll know that it was your God that did this. So they'll know that it was your God that brought you out. So they'll know. My God, I'm preaching to somebody. It's God's fight. But God said, I need you to show up to the battle. Don't you run. Don't you back up. Don't you take off. I need you on the battlefield. I'm preaching to somebody right now. Don't you dare get off the battlefield. God's about to work a miracle for you. Don't you dare run from the trouble. God's about to show up. Music come. I want you to get there. But when you get there, you ain't going to have to fight. But while I take the enemy down, I want them to know it's your God. It's the one you've been telling them about. I'm preaching to some people in this church uh, that God is setting you up uh, to be a witness uh, to everybody around you. Uh, and God said, right now, uh, while you're going through hell, uh, is not the time for you to run from the battle uh, because God is right now uh, about to give a revelation uh, to your enemy uh, and to the doubters uh, and those that surround you. Uh, God's about to show them uh, that he's going to bring uh, you through. Who am I preaching to right now? Who am I preaching to right now? Don't you run from the battle. Don't you run from the struggle. Don't you hide under a rock. Don't you climb into a cave. Don't you dare because God is about to wrought a miracle. And God said, I want you present when I do the work. I want you right there where you're supposed to be when I do the work. Mm. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Listen to what he says. Set yourselves 
and stand ye still. You know what he was telling them? Assume the position. Get in your place and don't move. My God, somebody ought to shout over that right there. God said, here's what I need you to do. Get where you're supposed to be and don't let nothing move you. Get where you're supposed to be. Set yourself. Somebody ought to declare to hell right now. I'm setting myself right here. Ain't no hell going to back me up out of where I'm supposed to be. Ain't no trouble going to cause me to run. Ain't no struggle going to cause me to flee. Set yourself. Come on, God just needs some people that will set themselves. I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't have all the answers. But I'm setting Come on. You gotta, don't you fear. Don't you be afraid. Just get in place. Don't you be afraid. Don't you be dismayed. Just get in position. Just get in place. Set yourselves. And stand ye still. When you see the enemy coming, don't back up one inch. When you see resistance coming, uh, don't get out of place uh, one inch. Stand ye still in what? And see uh, the salvation uh, of the Lord. You're not going to have to fight the battle. I just want you to show up and be where you're supposed to be and stand in place and keep your eyes on me and let me take care of the rest. And then one more time he says, fear not, nor be dismayed. Preaching to some people this morning that God's bringing you out on eagle's wings. God's bringing you out on eagle's wings. I said, God's going to bring you out. Who uh, am I preaching to right now? Uh, all over this house, I want us to stand. Uh, I came to declare a word uh, from the Lord to you uh, that God's going to see you through. Uh, God's got this battle. Uh, God just needs you uh, to set yourself up and to stand still uh, this morning. Uh, come on, I need some people right now uh, to run to this altar with your hands in the air uh, and say, God, uh, I don't know what to do. Uh, but my eyes uh, are upon you this morning. Uh, come on, I need you to run to this altar uh, and lift your voice uh, and say, Lord, uh, I don't have all the answers, uh, but my eyes are on you. Uh, my focus uh, is on you. Uh, I'm trusting you. Uh, come on, that's it. Lift your hands. Uh, God's about to strengthen you. Uh, God's about to encourage you. Uh, God's about to lift you up. Uh, God's about to make a way. Uh, Come on, all over this house. Come on, all over this house. 